Hey, I'm Vinny. And I'm Nat. And this is the Relatively Fit Podcast. X, go and give it to you. Go and give it to you. Dun, 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 I'm checking the levels. Okay. Stop. Oh. Drop. Shut them down. Oh. Open up shop. God. Oh no. And a rough rat. Oh yeah, that hit red. Okay. Well, calm down in here. Do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. But you know, um, so mean to me. I'm not. But you know. <laughs> no. You know that video, yeah. Yeah. I used to dream of being in that video. Mind your business, lady. (laughs) I no, not as the mind your business lady. I used to wish I was Eve. She's so cool, wasn't she? She's like the coolest person. Yeah, I used to wish I was Eve in that video. Yeah, man. Anyway, hi, hello, everybody. Hey. Yes, I hit record from way back when. Oh my goodness, you got my DMX song in there. Of course, I did. Oh, that's my little tribute. I know, lots of passings over the past few weeks. Madness. Crazy. Been a very sad time for a lot of people. Yeah, oops, sorry. Wow. Um, But on the up, I guess by um the time everybody listens to this, it'll be coming towards the second week of... um. Lockdown restrictions lifting slightly. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, I was going to say that's kind of cool, but as we honest, like I, I feel a bit weird about <laughs> things. <laughs> Do you know what? When everybody was saying, oh my gosh, the 12th of April, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I was like, good luck because I'm not going anywhere. I am not going anywhere. We need to approach this in a calm manner. What and the thing is, <laughs> it snowed that day. Like, and yeah. people were sitting outside the pub. Like, it's just freezing. Their it tits. seems like <laughs> mad desperation. Like, yeah, are you that? I mean, everybody's different in it, and everyone has their thing. But you can't catch me outside. How no. about that? Having a <laughs> pint of beer in the snow. Go to the supermarket, like what you've been doing. Buy a six pack and go home with See, it. There's this thing that I saw on Instagram, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I can't remember the name of it. But it's basically like so you know outside like um the cheese station, sometimes you have those there's men. There's one there's a man outside Clapham Clapham North who does it. He's in like a really small like little van thing that sells like coffee out the back. Oh yeah. So there's one, but they do pull pints of beers out the back. Seriously. And they drive around. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Like do that instead because you could just run out of your house real quick, pull a pint and then run back inside. <laughs> like <laughs> if you're that desperate for if one. If you're that desperate for one. But yeah, I just don't, I guess, do you know what? I think the reason why I feel nervous is because this is the exact same thing that happened last year where it's like, okay, restrictions are lifting and everyone went wild exactly. in the aisles doing eat out to help out and them things there. And then boom. All of them things. And then all of a sudden it's like exactly. round two. And the thing is like, we can't be playing this game this year. I'm sorry. People got plans. People got things to do. Mm-hmm. People got airplanes to jump on and holidays to get to and events. <laughs> to happen. <laughs> to yes. happen. Yes. Very special ones. Yes. Um, 
So I just need people to just be behave themselves. Can you all just behave? Listen, I've got an event, so you need to behave. I've got an okay? event. All of you just need <laughs> to go you. home and behave yourselves. But this is the thing. I mean, was it the human connection or was it the fact that people just wanted to drink? Because you can drink. Like, you can go to any well-known supermarket of your choice, <laughs> pick up a six-pack, pick up some bottles that was on special, you know, I had a good old time with the Echo Falls when the White Zinfandel or whatever it's called was on special offer. I picked up two. I mean, you can had, still do that. How much was that? I think it was like, was it four eighty nine or something like that? And oh, I, fair I, enough. Ooh, I said, oh, hello. I was going to say, I'm not going to hot up my, my, little, my little drink <laughs> that, <Yeah. laughs> that I got from a shop that I'm not going to say because I don't want no one jumping on the trend in it for oh, time. Oh yeah, and then you can't get any. Do you get what I mean? It's like when mum used to buy the chilli oil in Brixton when it used to be 99p <laughs> and then she was telling her friends, oh yes, the chilli oil. No, you got to keep them things to yourself. Listen, you got to keep them things to yourself until you stock up. My man That's put up the price the to £1.49 and mum was like, what happened to the chilli oil? Yeah, it's because you opened your mouth too quick. <laughs> you told everybody too quick. Exactly. Now you've got to be strategic with these things. You get exactly. me? Exactly. From uh, oil to, to wine. Yeah. You know, don't be telling people about your links. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know. How did we get here? I don't know. As usual, it's just kind of a tangent or, or a sort of rant. Always going off to the side. Yeah. Like you and your roly polies. <laughs> <laughs> don't shame me. Hashtag listen back to the gymnastics episode. You'll know what we're talking about. But you know what? Go on. I have to say that. In a couple of months, I will be looking forward to actually getting out there and doing some more tryouts because gymnastics was fantastic. Okay, so yeah, I'm looking forward to stuff like that. Yeah. I just think, I just think how well the restrictions lifting, mm. how they have done at the time of recording this week, um, I guess I'm just a little bit overwhelmed because it, it, it kind of just went from nothing to like, everyone being out like yeah, all at the same time and then you you go on like instagram and you see everyone out and then you go you just want to go shopping like normally yeah and it's just like how can well for me it's like i don't understand how it could go to zero to 100 so fast like <laughs> i just yeah it's just not for me and i think well, i need a yeah. little bit more time to acclimatize to like the change yeah because, because we've been we have been locked away We've been exactly. locked up. They won't let, let us me. out. No. Won't let us out. I've been locked up. They won't let us out. No. We literally have been locked up. So it's like, <laughs> is this how people feel? Like when they come out of prison? I think so. Because we literally... Well, they literally go wild. I'm not, not going to say that like we've been in prison because I, I mean... That's What's that show you like to watch? You should know. Life after lockdown. Oh my God, does anyone watch <laughs> Love After Lockdown and Life After Lockdown? Like, oh my God. <laughs> you know how they man be when they come out of prison. Come on now. Oh my gosh. No, please. See, the thing is, yeah, like I don't really watch much TV, but the TV that I do watch is trash and I know it. So it's like 90 Day Fiance and Love After Lockdown and Life After Lockdown. So they are slightly different. Listen to the titles, um, people. Listen to the but titles. Please, like, <laughs> if anybody watches any one of those free shows, please, can you like DM me either on um, my own personal page or the um, podcast Instagram page? Nat and I do have access to it, but we kind of know... <laughs> 
where like what messages I directed to what person kind of thing. Yeah. So, oh my God. But yeah, why am I talking about life after lockdown? Cause because we're too- do you know what? I keep on calling it life after lockdown, but it's because I'm thinking of myself. It's love. <laughs> no, it's life after lock up. Oh, yeah. life after it's, lock up. Okay, it's love after lock up first. Right. Then it's life after lock up because love after lock up is like when the person's still kind of in the jail and right. they're still kind of communicating and then they just come out and then it's like, okay, we're out now. I love you, blah, blah. And then like lo- life after lock up is like when they've actually made a life. So some of them get married, some of them have children, some of them move to like another state. So some of them are in like a freedom situation where it's like they've got oh. like a side chick or whatever. Wow. So yeah, it's like so So backpedal a little bit. Yeah, go so, on. They've been in prison. They've either had a partner from before or they've met someone on some prison dating website. Yeah, basically. Okay. How do I know that exists? I I don't know. Just... I don't know. Anyway, so they, they meet on this website or whatever. Yeah. And they communicate. And then when they come out, they get with the person... Yeah, if they're if they're still feeling the person because there was even one. Didn't you see this one? And what was his name? His name was like Vincent or something like that, yeah. And then um the girl was like they were like talking, talking, whatever, whatever. Who was the prisoner? Vincent. No, the girl was the prisoner. Ooh. And then they came out and then like they did like this really awkward kiss. And then she was like, Oh yeah, it's kinda awkward because like obviously it's the first time I'm meeting in person, blah, blah, blah. But then it turned out that she Oh, how did it go again? Something like she had um, a girlfriend in a prison. Oh, wow. Um, who Vincent knew, but Vincent only knew her as like her best friend or whatever. As you, when you say girlfriend, enlighten me. Girlfriend? Or like girlfriend. In love, like we're together, like you're my partner. You. Right. Um, But she, I guess, maybe presented it as like best friends because you know sometimes you, you just say oh that's my girlfriend da, 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 yeah, when it's yeah. like best friends yeah that's what I asked um, yeah. but then it turned out I think they were trying to scam him or and then they were like is he trying to scam us and it was just like this whole wow. like just mess I love it anyway I love it all of it I could talk about like this show it hasn't been on for a while and I'm getting a little bit worried. I'm getting a little bit worried, <laughs> trying to find worried. out what happened. And then I found out that actually, the season that I'm on that's on TLC right now, is like two years old. So I'm like, they need to come with the new seasons because my girl who had her baby the other day, that baby I saw on Instagram is like two years old. There's a baby. Oh, do you know what? This is called Relatively Fit. It's not called Life After Lock Up Rundown. We'll talk about it another time. So how can we link it to fitness? Cause I'm interested. <laughs> Do the men have all them nasty tattoos everywhere? Um, who does anyone have tattoos? I don't know. They got to have like some, you know, prison tattoos. Oh, I don't know. Oh, anyway, I like tattoos. <laughs> I think we spent about ten minutes <laughs> sorry. just talking about things we shouldn't be talking about. But at the same time, how did we like, get here? <laughs> this is just how we recording it. Yeah, I'm just happy that we can. We can have this space where we can actually talk a bit shit sometimes. Yeah. Because. It's been hard. It's been (laughs) hard. And yes, it does kind of feel well. I would imagine it feels like you've just come out of prison. We've actually got freedoms that we haven't had. Yeah. For the last couple of months. And people have been really feeling it on a physical level. 
on a mental health level. So now that we can do things, we're literally out there like, I've seen the queues outside a well-known cheap retailer. And I was saying to a friend, look at these queues. Like, why are people standing outside this shop? Like, have they not got any knickers and bras left? And she was like, yeah, well, I should be in that queue as well because my knickers and bras don't fit anymore because I've put down a lot of weight in lockdown. So I was like, But you know what? I kind of feel like I'd rather rather see people there Mm. than out... I don't know. Well, out drinking. Yeah. Um... I well, don't I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know. The drinking thing bothers me slightly only because I've been listening to a couple of reports because of the mental health aspect of everything mm. because apparently that's another crisis that we've got looming because of everything we've been through. Yeah. Especially in young people. Yeah. So that is a looming crisis. And another kind of avenue to that is that drinking and people who have mild to moderate issues with alcohol Mm. has risen what's the word exponentially exponentially yes yeah well done but i get yeah so they were trying some of the reporters were saying well is it a temporary thing due to the situation that we were in because you know a lot of people, boredom, eating, Mm-mm. you know, boredom, drinking. Is it something that's just going to go away? And I was like, oh my gosh, look at how much people are desperate to go to the pub. Like, I've been like, yeah, I'm desperate to see my friend. I'm desperate to see my sister. I'm desperate to, you know, sit in a park and talk to a friend and people are like yeah what time do the pubs open oh I can't wait and I'm kind of like is there a problem here or is this just because you weren't allowed to go I mean yeah I don't know maybe that's an issue for another time but I did kind of feel slightly concerned about that but you know I, I think for me it's just because like people just lose their heads when they drink mm. and even like yesterday we went to Clapham um for a massage, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd like shut off um, like Northcott Road. So that's like, I don't know if you know where it is, but it's near the common anyway. And like, obviously all the restaurants down there, like people eating that street, people drinking, whatever, whatever. But it's just like people just being so nasty and like just pissing in people's bushes oh, and just no. like, just being really slack. And I'm like... Haven't you learned anything like yeah, this whole year exactly. of just like how to behave or just how to be a better person? Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, let's get on with the show because we yeah. can just sit here and chat all day. Exactly. Relatively fit. Um, out of love after lock up COVID something. Diaries. Diaries. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Inspo of the week. You didn't have to tell me to do it this time. Well done. Yeah, I'm on it. You are. <laughs> so I think it's my turn this week. Oh yes, it's my turn. And um, I mean, I've got I've got so many now. I've got so many, but I'm gonna shout out 
this duo because it's two um and they go by the name of Jaden and Roland Pollard um so you might not know the names but you may know who they are um when I describe them but last year they went viral um due to their their videos on Instagram and stuff and basically Roland is Jaden's father and Roland is a cheerleading coach and basically got Jaden into cheerleading from when she was six months old. Wow. Um, just because he noticed that like she had really strong legs or something like that. And she she understood how to like lock out, which is like a technique um, when you're the person in the air to be stable and stuff. Um, and it just got me thinking like, I mean, she's five or six, I think. So she's super young and like they do incredible videos together and they share like, fails as well which is really nice to see kind of the interaction between like father and daughter and how a, a child a young person and an adult can kind of go from a failure into like a win it's just really really nice and it I guess for me when I watch those videos it puts things into perspective of like my own life with like wins and fails but also just the kinds of um relationship that they have and how special it is to have someone in your world that is like supportive like be it physically or mentally emotionally whatever in whatever aspect that is like how like amazing things can happen from that just having someone in your space that is super 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 supportive and someone that will catch you because and someone that's not you. many people that you would let just dash you up yeah. in the air like that so i <laughs> yeah i just think even metaphorically like their story and their relationship is just like really lovely um so i wanted to shout them out um i think Jaden now has a little brother and they're starting the same thing <laughs> with him. So that's really sweet. And I think she, um, have you watched that show, Cheer? No, I haven't. Okay, so I haven't watched it, but I did find out that um, the school or whatever it is that um, uh, in the Cheer thing, in that in that show, um, have basically said, hey, Jaden, we've got a place for you when like oh, it's your wow. time, like when you're at the right age or whatever. So that's super cool. But yeah, so my inspire of the week is Jaden and Roland Pollard. Lovely. Lovely. Okay, so today we've got a special guest and you know we love a special guest. Special guest. Special guest. I should do a jingle for it. Oh my God. Anyway, we're going to be speaking to the lovely Frankie Hola. So we hope you enjoy. Enjoy. So on today's pod, we'll be talking to Frankie Hola, a friend, PT, specializing in pre and postnatal training, and is also a mama herself to little Luna, who is two. She's she's soon going to be two, right? Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to chat with Frankie today just to share some of your questions and demystify pregnancy and training. So Frankie, hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Tell us about your story into becoming a PT and specifically training in pre and postnatal. So journeying into PT. So I was working, um, when I first moved to London, I worked in events for um, children's charities. And when I moved jobs, I wasn't particularly like happy at the next job I was at. And I'd started training with a group in South London um, called Block Workout, who are now Brixton Street Gym. 
but yeah, I think you've been down there, haven't you? So like when all that first started, that was like 2013, I think. Um, and I went down to Rockwell with um, my housemate at the time and she was running a um, women's health blog. And she's like, oh, we've, we've been told about this really cool like group. It's run by this guy, by this guy called Boost or something. Like it's kind of Boost, who's Boost? Yeah. <laughs> we were like, this is like a mystery. You need to find out who this Boost character is. Like, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> And so it was like freezing cold January, we went down to in the park, everyone's there kind of looking for this guy. And it ended up doing this block workout session and it was just like game changer. <laughs> like what is this magic wild training that is like just no equipment, park, bars. It was like nothing I'd done before. And that kind of year became like this like life changing journey of like calisthenics and all these amazing people training and this kind of real sort of crew vibe and um gradually kind of just built up like a major interest in that kind of style of training initially and he Terrell aka Boost <coughs> asked if I would um help coach the girls like down the line no um, way. so yeah it was like kind of there was a guy who worked alongside them who was helping some of the like younger members of the crew kind of get qualifications like PTing or coaching like particular like boxing or calisthenic stuff or whatever. But a lot of people kind of going in to get their PT qualifications. And so it was actually, and I always have to make sure I credit, <coughs> credit Terrell for this is because he helped me get the connection to get my PT qualification. Okay. Um, so it was kind of through block workout and then the practice of coaching kind of came through doing those girls sessions and just seeing like all the girls together and, and then the whole kind of, you know, all of us together as well with the guys as well. Um, kind of just, I don't know, it's kind of lit something in me where I was like, this is, you know, women of all ages, backgrounds, like just all over like South London and it was just so inspiring to kind of be a part of I was like wow this is actually something I could I could do and that year was kind of spent doing that and then doing my qualification and being a bit unhappy in my job and thinking about what the next step could be I remember going home to my mum and saying mum like how do you feel if I <laughs> quit my <laughs> job and maybe became a personal trainer <laughs> <laughs> they were really supportive they were like you know make sure you've got money saved up to move into this and all that kind of you know parent stuff um but that was kind of the, the the initial part of the journey for me was training that group and being a part of it and then doing my qualification and then I kind of finally with ifs nudge after we've met to like quit my job and build on that because it I kind of had people asking if I was coaching and would you take me on as a client so that was really nice to kind of have people who wanted to train with me mm. um so that was you know a bit of a a bit of a boost um and so yeah that's kind of where it all started it was like 2014 kind of spring I quit my job so it'll be like seven years ago this year um and kind of bounced into giving it a go and and here we are <laughs> so yeah that's kind of where it all started really so you said 2014. Kind so I started of. with I started training with and then for block workout in 13 while I got my qualification and practiced kind of you know how to coach and how to train well and get strong and then 14 it was May the beginning of May that I started coaching. okay because I'm trying to um I'm trying to work out 
kind of the time that we met. So Frankie and I are friends as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to figure out when we met. So I know I followed you on Instagram for a bit. I know that we followed each other. And yeah. then we met on a little project. Little project. A little project. <laughs> just a little global project. Yeah, a project. And I just remember thinking, like, when I met you, I was like, oh, this girl, she's so cool because you were like so deep in like the calisthenics thing. And you were probably, I think, one of the only like women I kind of knew in like the calisthenics world, like mm-hmm. properly and like made a connection with. And I, I just thought you were really cool. And like the stuff that you was doing was oh, just. Oh, well, back cool. at you, V, I was like, I'm meeting Venetia. <laughs> No, honestly, 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 and like even um through that project, just like how lovely you were to me, and just like how inspired I was like by you. Like I just think you're awesome. So I'm so glad oh, we get to right back at you. <laughs> what year was that though? Is that like 15? Maybe like 16 was the beginning of the project. The what we what we kind of worked on together, wasn't it? Yeah. 16. Yeah. Um, so. Is that when we first properly met, wasn't it? Yeah, like, like in met. person. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know, right? It's crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Time flies. Oh, definitely. Yeah. My God. So um, I want to touch on kind of like, so we've spoken about how you got into PT coaching. When did you decide to make the shift into like pre and postnatal was there like a key moment where you was like okay this is something that I want to do or was it kind of just a natural progression from where you were at the time coaching like women girls etc yeah I'd say I'd <clears throat> probably a mixture of both really um mm-hmm. when I first started coaching one of the big focuses for me was women young women you know particularly training women to give people confidence to know how to move well without it being like you know an intimidating scenario of being in a gym we all know those situations when you're in a gym mm. what can I help you lift and you're like I'm all right actually I'm good. I'm <laughs> you need help with your pull-ups no I'm good Yes, <laughs> I, I get stuck at 10 and then you can help me after that <laughs> but you know we've all had those situations where it's not very comfortable and I've had a few people come to me for training especially in the early years it was like I don't really want to work with a male PT I'd like to work with a female PT and so always through the years I've had I'd say 80% of my clients are women and with or it's couples who train together which is lovely um, and I've only ever had a few male clients so that and that's fine they're brilliant but obviously the focus is has always been women and in that time my brain was like well I need to kind of make sure I'm upskilled here because most women will most likely train you know train and then want to have children yeah women not everyone but you know majority of women will want to have children at some point and if you're at that sort of age that you're training people in their sort of 30s 20s 30s and up you know that's most likely going to happen and I was like if I want to business wise retain my clients I was like business head on if I want to retain those clients I need to be able to train them through that and after that hopefully um and also it's really important to know how to train people properly and I would never have been like yeah I'm just gonna train them whatever I don't need to have the qualification that's not (laughs) I could never work like that but it kind of felt like the right thing to do 
based on my client base. So it was kind of a decision and also would have been like a natural progression into what I wanted to do more of. And it just means I've worked with some clients for like years now through different pregnancies. You know, you have, oh, wow, you're pregnant for the first time. Yeah, this is exciting. And you're usually, I'm usually the first person to know other than their partner. Oh, and so oh yes. Never they ever. Tell you. Yeah, they kind of have to, they don't have to, but it's better if I know even in the yeah. early like you know how you're feeling whether it's before the 12 weeks most people feel nauseous and a bit grim and a bit tired well I mean I remember those days um, <laughs> I never take that lightly and it's still now is like you know really emotional when people say like I've got some news for you or they send you the kind of picture and you're like oh my goodness like this is like a new journey you know it's a line in the sand and like a new journey and everything has to kind of adapt from there so it's just felt like a real natural thing but also it was like you can't lie and say it's not slightly a business decision that you want to kind of keep clients that's important as a freelance pt so a bit of a mixture really yeah well it's definitely obviously beneficial like you said for those reasons but also just to make sure that the people that you're working with like you're doing the best that you can to make sure that they're safe which yeah i guess yeah. in the world of pt now and like social media there's so much going around and it's hard to know like what you should be doing what you shouldn't be doing what's right what's wrong and like as an individual as well like we're all so different so mm -hmm. it, it's so important actually to have someone who knows what they're talking about you know is experienced yeah. in in that field that can truly help but at an individual level as well yeah definitely I mean like everyone's so unique but there's a lot of noise isn't there on now mm -hmm. I mean even since I've been coaching like 2013-14 the gram was only just like not only just but I was just getting into it and it was a very different space then wasn't it back you know, okay. even like just seven years ago like completely different space um and that kind of growth in so much noise and so much content yeah. and some people out there who sh who shouldn't be offering that advice and, yeah. and I, you know, I'm sure that I'd hope that the majority of people meant well but also there are people who just want to make some money or just have content 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 without the kind of knowledge behind it and there's so much noise I actually I don't want it to be like a you know being you know spending time being critical of people doing that what my, what I worry about is women watching that and taking it in and maybe not you know applying it in either the wrong way and they don't have the knowledge like as a coach to know they shouldn't do that or they feel pressure to do something and and then somebody either ends up with injury or you know it's it's a noisy space and my kind of goal is to cut through the bs a little bit sometimes yes, <laughs> oh, yes. <Cut> through. <laughs> <laughs> so um obviously you've had time being pregnant with Luna, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's like almost two years now. I know, like, she's flown. She's just walking, talking, cheeky minx now, and <laughs> just blowing my mind. Every time she reads a bit of a story, I'm like, sorry, what? You just read a whole story? <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, really two years. First two years. Of so how, how was it like for you? Um, being pregnant and then I guess finding the balance between 
training and pregnancy because obviously you trained before so in my mind I wouldn't think that you just completely stuck no where where did you find the balance and how hard or easy was that for you well there were some points that I had to like (laughs) had to check my ego at the door because I was like right well (laughs) pull-ups are now for me and this I'm probably we'll probably discuss this later on but for me, like personally, it's sort of around the 15 week mark. I was like, yeah, no more pull-ups and chin-ups for me. It just doesn't feel right anymore. For some people, they continue it. But for me, it didn't feel right. But I wanted to make sure that I kept moving because I obviously knew that that was very good for me, very good for baby. It's good mentally as well as physically. Um, I wanted to keep strong. But also the balance for me was I was very busy coaching. So, and obviously <laughs> with the pregnancy comes being really flipping tired. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm How not going to manage lie. all of that. Um, God, I, I look back and I'm like, wow, I watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> In that time. But it was, it was really a balance of like, resting in between for me it was like clients early in the morning yeah I only cancelled like maybe twice on a client in that time so I'd wake up and just be feeling terrible or just really timed I'm so sorry but I just have to rest and my clients were amazing like they were so amazing they bring me snacks and stuff it was great um but I kind of would focus on blocks of time so I'd coach early in the morning I'd come home and I'd have a rest or I'd sit somewhere if I hadn't have enough time to come home and you know have a snack and take a breather and then I'd be coaching again in the evening or afternoon so it kind of be rest do that and then find some time in the week where I could kind of either carve out a little bit of time for myself to kind of move or it might not always be a big training session but it was like oh I just you know I'm feeling a bit tight in my hips or I just want to do a bit of mobility work or train with a friend at the time and we just kind of carve out points in the week that I could get some training in but it really depended on how I was feeling because I never wanted to have pressure on myself and go, well, you must be doing four of these a week. And <laughs> because it, in my schedule of being freelance, it just wasn't realistic. So I was like, I'm going to go based on, do my training based on how I feel that day. And if that is a little bit of body weight work, that's cool. If it's mobility or a bit of yoga, that's fine as well. And, it, and I was doing loads of walking and lugging equipment around in the gym. <laughs> oh my goodness I had to pick up weights I was like right this is very focused on picking the weights up properly and carry the kettlebells over I'd be like no no this is part of my daily movement so (laughs) I'd be waddling at like 36 weeks you know my kettlebells Um, but you know that was it was just about kind of the flow of each week and whatever my schedule was Um, but yeah just maintained the movement that I could in my week and it kind of I think it I think it figured out all right <laughs> I think yeah, I, that, I was that, fine that in general would be one of our next questions like um if what you was doing during pregnancy kind of benefited you during labor and yeah shortly after yeah I mean I think generally before obviously before I got pregnant I was training anyway so mm. I think having like a base level of strength is you don't need to have been doing loads of training before you get pregnant. Obviously not everyone is going to be training at, you know, coach level or, you know, whatever they're doing, people might not be training before, or they might kind of get pregnant and go, I need to be training. Um, But I think having a base level of strength definitely helps in the pregnancy. 
But that doesn't mean things like, like my pelvic floor was bad before I even got pregnant, but I didn't have as much knowledge, which I now have from, you know, building on that, becoming a mum, and also just trying to read more into it. My pelvic floor was much weaker than I ever realised, and my core was stronger. So that gives kind of a bit of imbalance there. Mm. But it definitely helped with being able to get around day to day and stay working and stay coaching and being able to just live life as a big prego by the end of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> like getting I think the lads are great at the gym. Like to be honest, the coaches um, would kind of help me out with the bars at the end. Like like you're not carrying that deadlift bar. Give it here. I'll you know, like you know. <laughs> with the, with yeah, definitely like having that base level of strength was really good. And I've, I'd really focus on functional stuff, which I knew would be helpful for when you come to doing things like breastfeeding or just whatever feeding, however you feed, you're usually going to be in a kind of forward position, holding your baby, holding a baby lots, lying in awkward positions. And so I have to say, there's a lot I've learned that I would take into my next pregnancy down the line whenever that happens, um, that I would apply even more so because you learn a lot from the first one. Mm. Um, but functional strength was always the key into I'm going to need to be squatting down to the sofa a lot carrying a baby who's going to get heavier every, every day every week so it's, it's building on that as you kind of go as well so yeah it was helpful <laughs> in a very long-winded way <laughs> we've spoken about you training through pregnancy did you actually now that this comes to my mind did you go right up until your due date? So were you training and coaching like right up until your due date? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get any maternity leave, put it that way. Um, <laughs> Luna arrived at 37 and five. So that was 16 days early. And I was, <laughs> I was supposed to finish work that Friday. So that was my final, 37 weeks was my final week of work. I was like, great, I'll finish at 37. Like, that's enough for me now. Like, bump is big. I'm tired. I just want to put my feet up for like a couple of weeks and watch the end of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> and, uh, and Luna was like, yeah, no. mom, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> She's there like, I'm on my way. Um, <laughs> So yeah, she arrived 16 days early. So I didn't get a break between work and becoming a mum. Like it was intense because I was pretty knackered. <laughs> but yeah. obviously amazing. But just yeah, I was like, I need that couple of weeks just to chill, and it didn't happen. So I was working and training right up until the night before I had Luna. I was the coaching night my like, the night before. For the Tuesday night, I was training a client and we had in mind, like, right, final week, we're going to hit that deadlift PB. Brilliant. I swear, when all my clients hit their goals that week, Luna was like, boom, mum, I'm coming. They've all reached yeah. their goals. <laughs> it's my turn to get a goal now. Yeah. My birthday. <laughs> She's lifted 80 kilograms. Brilliant. I'm on it. I'm here. I've arrived. So my client literally, like, finished that Tuesday night and I went home and I woke up at four in the morning on Wednesday, which was the first... And I had, and I kind of waters or, you know, what, not waters, but there was, there was signs of movement. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was either, I was like, yes, I'm either wetting myself or something is happening. Ow. <laughs> Something's happening down there. Yeah. <laughs> I had to message my client and say, yeah, I don't think I'm going to make it today because I think I'm in labour. <laughs> <laughs> 
see you in a couple of months. <laughs> see you in about four or five months. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, I got no break, but so wow. we arrived into the world. <laughs> oh, goodness. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing because I was just a mess. <laughs> no, literally, by the time I was due, mm. I was like, I had to negotiate moving and like <laughs> negotiate like I need to go to the toilet so I need to be ready five minutes before so <laughs> yeah. I can like wench myself up and like get to the toilet undo clothes sit down it's like a whole negotiation yeah. but for you to be working literally right up <laughs> the night. it's absolutely amazing what, what, what week did you did you have your little one did it, were you, uh, I was seven and five like were you were you on your due date or were you over or I was a week over so you were you were definitely into like I'm uncomfortable stage now yeah yeah <laughs> I'm ready to be done yeah <laughs> get it get it out of me yeah <laughs> she's done and so am I like <laughs> So I guess I never really got to that, like, it was getting to the point I felt heavy. But mm. I think, that, you know, I, I wouldn't have been working any longer than that, definitely. I was just at the point where that was enough. Yeah. Um, and, you know, lugging equipment around and coaching and get, being out, having to get down low to the floor was just becoming like, okay, I just need to come down here and sit on the ball. Wow. <laughs> Slow-moving coach by the end of it. I was like, somebody else has to demo this for me because I'm not demoing this anymore. Wow. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> well done for you getting to a week over I mean that's like a major respect yeah. <laughs> I didn't do much you know <laughs> but props to you for like yeah continuing like right up until that point because mm. I can't imagine it to be easy I mean I've never experienced it I might soon oh, <laughs> okay yeah. okay Drum roll, please. I mean, there's no announcements right now, guys, but you know, <laughs> okay. Not right now. <laughs> girls' future plans. But, but you have a professional here. I've got someone who can help me. I've got exactly. someone who can help me how to handle the thing. Here for you. Exactly. <laughs> Which brings me on to my next point because I know for me and for you also, well, for all of us, movement is a big part like, of our lives. Yeah. And when something comes along to disrupt that, you really, really feel it. So how was it for you then, kind of becoming a new mother and then having to adjust to kind of maybe not moving in the way that you used to, moving less, and then on top of that, kind of dealing with like, you know, motherhood and a new baby, baby as well. Yeah. I think I kind of had that internal conversation with myself that I was going to make sure that I did like everything I needed to do in the initial stages of becoming a mum to help with that healing at the beginning. Um, and I'm going to say healing because, you know, there's a kind of fitness and getting back, getting back we'll get onto that later it's just we will <laughs> yeah. we will <laughs> I, my my whole focus was going to be healing right from the, the the base so to speak again 
and to put no pressure on myself like a right well I'm going to get back to training at this many weeks because I had no one at that stage I had no idea how my before I had Luna how my birth was going to go so you have to be flexible in thinking about what your recovery might be because like I was you know very lucky and very grateful to have had the birth experience I had with Luna um but I did have recovery after it I had a you know vaginal birth water birth didn't have to have a c-section um had to have some repairs afterwards but you know I recovered I recovered well um but really it was about how to move well I'm probably going to say this word loads in this podcast functionally because I need to be able to get out of bed <laughs> I need to be able to walk around and carry and you know move myself as well as with my baby and sit up and feed and all that kind of stuff so it was more about how am I gonna look after my pelvic floor how am I gonna look after my core and rehab stuff in those early weeks just in the healing stage and then important things like breathing well and eating well and staying hydrated um and that all comes down as well to like having a good support system, right? So a support system of whoever that is as a partner, like with Ifs was amazing. Um, he doesn't feed me chopped up fruit anymore. It's very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> so in the early weeks when I fed um, and I was struggling with breastfeeding quite a lot in the early few weeks, bless him, he would like make sure that I had food in a Tupperware like next to the bed and water and would like feed me bits of orange while I was struggling to get Luna latched on the boob and that all that stuff is part of the healing process isn't it so there was never any pressure and I was like and also because I'm trained in pre and postnatal stuff and when you post anything online this isn't that I was thinking oh people are gonna you know really care that much what I'm doing but it was like if I have to put anything if I'm then writing about my journey of any, any, you know, any of this I want it I want people to see like the sort of real side of how I'm doing I don't want it to be like look at me you know how many months later like ding, yeah ding. yeah it's you know it's that kind of I didn't start actually doing any proper training until I was four months postpartum mm. so aside from looking after my pelvic floor breathing well doing some very gentle like core work um when I say core work I'm not talking like you said it's like re-engagement work for your core and connection walking doing some little bits of getting up and down from the sofa properly which is your squat mm -hmm. I didn't do much because I was exhausted <laughs> yeah. and I didn't feel like doing anything until I sort of started going back to work I started working again at four months so it wasn't until I was having to get out and get moving it more that I was like, right, okay, I need to start doing a little bit more training because I'm, my body requires a bit more of me now um, to kind of look after my clients and be lifting car seats around and Luna came to work with me. So I was having to carry Luna on my front and, you know, manage that as well. So that again is like the functional side of, right, my body needs me to be able to do a bit more now. Um, and that's different for every single person. Every single mum has a different rate of recovery and that's one of the most important things to consider for anyone who's pregnant or had a baby or looking to do any training or movement work is that you would have a completely different story to anybody else who's had a baby or having a baby and, and that's where that's you know which I'm sure we'll discuss later is like the the difficulty with so much general information out there um is that people can kind of find it a bit much to kind of personalized for themselves which is when you need to 
ask for help <laughs> really yeah, so, yeah. I know, like at the doctors I think is it like you have like a is it a six-week checkup and then they hear you to do a bit of exercise or something oh gps yeah you started laughing and i was like oh she's got that's, some tea to spill yes that's why i was keen on asking you that actually because i remember my own experience where i went in and they were like okay lie down and i sort of they sort of like pressed about a bit and i said um because at that time i was quite overweight and i said well my sister's a runner and she's into fitness i'd like to kind of you know do some kind of gentle exercise to you know bring my weight down um because i had gestational diabetes and all the rest of it yeah and they were kind of like mm, well the, there was no real advice oh. as to when i could stop yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i was so confused so if you could shed any light i mean i don't know if the sort of i know you said four months but obviously you're you know you're a pt and you know that's you know your job but is there any advice to women you know so they've had their baby um is the recovery time in terms of getting back to doing anything physical even if it's just you know laps around the park mm. or anything is there a difference between like a c-section and like a vaginal birth in terms of recovery, recovery. time that you can do Oh, where to start on the day? Yeah. Woo! We're here okay. for it. We're here for it. We're ready. Okay. Um, I think I've got some notes as well. <laughs> I was like, I need to scribble some stuff down because my brain is like, <laughs> the questions you sent. Um, okay, let's start with the GP and six week checkup. Um, and this, you know, I'm sure, well, firstly, your GP laid you down. Congratulations. Mine didn't. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wow. And I don't. Okay. And this may vary, but most women that I speak to, and me and me and you know, other coaches have rants about this on you know DMs all the time. Like, ah, have you seen this? <laughs> they just said to do. Da, da, da. It's it's a, a minefield of advice, or on the other case, lack of it. Yes, <laughs> completely. And I'm just going to be bold and say, <laughs> I think the support and care when it comes to women's health from our health service. And that's, you know, not to say that there wouldn't be people in the health service who could do that fails women quite badly. Yeah. Um, in terms of, um, for especially follow-up care for postnatal, when you go to the GP at six weeks, mine was incredibly vague. Um, and I, I was biting my tongue thinking, should I ask about, <laughs> you know, should I ask about whether you're going to test for any separation? Um, am I then just going to be, am I just then like poking the bear? Are you just, am I just going to be annoying? And I decided at the end to say, oh, do you check for diastasis or any issues, you know, through my core? And, and I said, oh, well, not, no, not really, not unless you think you've got a problem. How would, how, you would you know? Know? how would they know? How would they know? How would they know? Yeah. How would they know? And I was like, well, luckily, luckily for you, I'm a pre and postnatal coach. And so I've actually been able to test a little, you know, a little bit myself to know that my separate, that the sort of separation there isn't 
anything for me to be hugely concerned about mm. but I was interested to know whether that's anything that you do here and I guess on the on the balance is that GPs are under a lot of pressure and they're very busy and maybe that's not something that could be re realistically offered but I feel like women's health can't be kind of just put as like a sideline of oh we've only got this snap of two minutes to check how you are after having a baby a baby a, yeah a baby. I've grown a human yeah exactly <laughs> I have birthed a human my body has changed my body has shifted its organs and grown and expanded and been through whatever kind of birth you had is been through that and all you can give me is few minutes of time say so you feeling all right you're tired remember to use a condom if you have sex yeah well do you think i'm letting that in there right now yeah. have you thought about <laughs> contraception <laughs> okay here she is <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I, I felt kind of disappointed in that and i and i really would love in the future and and i've no doubt there's other people who have you know been in this game longer than i have who maybe you know, you know, working on trying to join stuff up more. But how great would it be? Because I think it's the same. I think it's France. Women get on their with their health service, they get something like three or four women's health physio follow ups after they've had a baby. Wow. Why do we not have a service like that for we women in this country? There are women's health physios, but they cost money. Mm. And you know for me that sort of checkup is so needs to be way better for women um and i'd love to see that kind of join up happen better whether it's something that's offered by the health service or whether there's you know a sort of you, you recommend a women's health physio and there's maybe some kind of subsidy for that that helps people who can't necessarily afford a hundred pounds a physio session to go and get checked, you know, to go and get checked, I have to save up for it. <laughs> and, you know, I've had a few since I had Luna and that's as somebody who knows roughly what's going on with her body. It's not a woman mother's fault if you don't know exactly what's happening with your body. And I just think there needs to be more done to help knowledge in that sense, um, to be provided on a more like, you know, a more national level so that women can, recover better and not be led down lines of we should be looking like this at six weeks because at six weeks recovery it's only six weeks since you've had a baby and it doesn't mean yeah. that you won't be starting to feel a bit better by then um maybe healed um maybe healed better like uh, like well, are we just going to go all in here we're going to go tmi so like I, I i had a tear when i had luna um, and so I had to wait for that to heal and make sure that that felt comfortable enough to move. If you've had a C-section, I just did some other reading as well recently on C-section recovery. And if you think about major surgery that you have for anything else, let's say a sports injury, right? So like an ACL tear or something, and you have major surgery on something, how long is your recovery? Months, a year, two years? And they'll, they'll line all that out for you, won't they, with physio and this is what you should be doing to recover. Well, C-section, 10 weeks, you should be able to get back to, to exercise. Well, great, some people might be able to. Yeah. But you have to think about what's happened to, in order to perform a C-section and the amount of tissue and muscle and, that you have to cut through in order to perform that. 
and then the scar recovery and generally being able to move well any tightness around the scarring like all of that takes time and I just think it's really important to say that that can take longer per person it does it just it's that annoying answer of saying like it depends yeah because if someone's scar heals very well and you do lots of stuff like you know massaging your scar to help all of that recover well to help move well to help breathe better that that will mean that you might be able to then start doing some some you know functional movement work recovery rehab 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 before you then start doing any exercise or you know in your case running you know that's so many people want to get back to running and that's absolutely fine <laughs> there's nothing wrong with wanting to get back to running but it's there's a lot involved in preparing your body for that whether you've had mm -hmm. a, a vaginal birth or a c-section there's a lot of prep but c-section especially like the recovery can take a long time and that's okay <laughs> you don't have to feel any pressure in my opinion you shouldn't feel pressure um but you can you can still move in the right way after having that so that i hope that have i kind of completely veered off i'm like no, no. <laughs> when i'm quiet it's like i'm taking it all in and i'm like yeah yeah sort of mental checklist and it takes a lot yeah. for her to be quiet yeah exactly <laughs> On a side note, I'm one of the, this is why she won't watch a film with me because I'm like, she why is she doing that? Oh. I, think, I think he's dead. I think something's <laughs> So yeah, so when I'm, I'm totally quiet, it's like I'm taking it all in and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was brilliant. That's going to help so many people because I wish I'd have had like the knowledge that you have back then. I mean, my daughter's going to be eight this year. So yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. That, that's your niche that you post, right? That yes, you... yes. And, and the AD AD continues. Yes, yes. yeah. Continues to so, DMX. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. So um, it's it's nice to have that now. Um, it may be too late for me, but um. <laughs> just for other women listening that you know mm. thinking about pregnancy and things like that it's it's brilliant information and you did mention a word that i can't say <laughs> about Let, let's do it together <laughs> i can't say it one two three dia dia stasis stasis Rectai. Yes. Rectai. Let's go. Yes. 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 So that word, rectai. <laughs> you did mention it. Mm. I've heard of it, but even again, when I went for my checkup, as I said, um, the GP said lie down and had a bit of a feel. I didn't yeah. know what they were feeling for. Mm. I didn't know what was going on. I guess that's what they were checking, but they didn't tell me. So for those out there that don't know what it is, can you explain what it is <laughs> and if how to recognize it if you think you have it? Okay. So I'll try and do this in like a concise way. Um, so diastasis recti is being what's great is it's being spoken about more but the meat it leads to obviously that that difficulty of like lots of different bits of information and how to 
heal it and how to kind of recover um, your body postpartum. Um, I'm trying to think how to do this sort of official definition. Uh, it is the, it's a natural occurrence in pregnancy for women as your baby grows, your abdominal muscles will have to move apart in order to allow that baby to grow. Now, the, there's a piece of connective tissue that runs between, I'm, I'm doing it as if I'm on a video here. I need to not do, <laughs> I'm looking at you doing this, like they can't yeah. um, <laughs> If you imagine your, if you imagine a six pack, and then that join through the middle of the six pack is a piece of connective tissue called the linear alba. And it's, and it moves as your baby grows. So it, it stretches in order to allow that space. Um, now it's, it's natural for it to happen in pregnancy, but it can happen in anyone. Um, you don't have to be pregnant to have diastasis, which is oh. may, maybe something people don't know. I don't, you know, I'm not sure of the kind of knowledge of that, but yeah, you know, if you Google it, yeah, if you Google it, the, mo the main thing that comes up is about pregnancy, which is, you know, great, women up top, woo! Um, <laughs> you know, that, that might not be helpful to a, to a man who lifts lots of weights and also has diastasis because you can have a different level of it at any time in your life. Um, but, you know, women who are pregnant have different levels of it once they've had their baby. Um, so yeah, the linear alba joins from like your run from your rib cage to your pelvis, and so that that shift you can obviously that from having a baby you'll know like your pelvis tips forward, your ribs flare, everything mm -hmm. makes space. Um, and then after you have your baby, everything starts to come back together again, and but at a different rate for every person. You know, it it, it might be a your your diastasis may be um, a different size to someone else's. I think mine was about a finger and a half in width. Um, I had a client, I'm sure she won't mind me mentioning this, but she had, she was very fit, very strong, but she had a very wide diastasis of about four fingers, that sort of separation. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say, I was like, I've got to make sure I mention this on the podcast. Diastasis is not your abdominal muscles ripping or tearing. I've seen some stuff saying that it is your your abs ripping apart and i can confirm to any mums to be listening your abdominal muscles are not ripping apart in fact the the right left right and left side of your your ra your rectus abdominis are separate anyway so they're joined by that connective tissue and onto the outside so they're already two separate elements that's your kind of six pack sides here right and that just moves and expands apart and then comes back together again um and a really important part of it is being able to learn about kind of the forces that affect that after you've had a baby. And so one of the big elements is learning how to, to breathe properly. So not just working into like chest breathing, but able to learn how to do nice, big, deep belly breaths. And as you breathe out, learning how to kind of bring, you know, control your core and create some tension there to help that recovery, as well as, as you build into it, some specific core exercises that help. But the breathing's a really um, important part on in that initial recovery stage as a new mum. So it's not get back to your ab crunches or, you know, you might go down the line, but the, the breathing element is, is really important um, at first, but also the impact of your lifestyle your exercise how you move any imbalances you've had 
throughout your whole life will affect diastasis and the movement of the linear alba. So that connective tissue. So for example, like in a, I've actually got the book here because I'll show it to you at the end, um, mention it, but she's this really great example of, um, she's a bio, bio this is a word that I can't say, biomechanist, bio, <laughs> those people, yeah. biomechanics. <laughs> you know your body can we naturally all have imbalances right but if you so for example she's a really good example of a tennis player who might have a really strong serve with their right arm and so you're using a lot of that side of your body and so you might have a stronger right side that pulls more on the linear alba and that connective tissue creating yeah. maybe a slightly wider dr and you're not even pregnant so and then if you were then a female tennis player who got pregnant you might that might pull more on that side anyway because your body's in that in that kind of state before you even started growing a baby so all of your lifestyle stuff and how you move and breathe and everything impacts that so it's not just oh i'm having a baby i'm gonna have dr it the, the that your lifestyle kind of impacts how that might go so i hope i know it's not very concise but i just wanted to make sure that i said those things and hopefully they'll help someone understand it a bit more yeah bit more without kind of waffling on for like an hour about dr <laughs> it's only something that i well i have as i said heard of it before yeah but like you say about tearing you kind of have these awful images and mm. i'm thinking if you're like newly pregnant or you know you're reading up about you know how your body's going to change and yeah. you know, if you kind of get the wrong information about this it could be pretty scary yeah so i think you know forewarned is forearmed so at least you know what's happening to your body so yeah, yeah all the information you gave was brilliant yeah. thank you oh, good good <laughs> <laughs> excellent as long as it helps someone because it's yeah. such a every client will ask about it you that, that is where maybe I should slide in with some advice that I'll just always give my clients. If you can afford to or save up for, please see a women's health physio after you've had a baby. Yeah. Even if like I, I didn't see, didn't see um, my women's health physio until about four months before I was going to start training. I'd seen her when I was pregnant. And I, and because I remember that you spoke about the uh, uh, maternity allowance we get when we're, <laughs> off with children mm. that 142 pounds a week does not stretch very far for no. women's health physio appointment so i i wasn't working i had some savings but that was all going on rent for the first you know four months of having a baby if was working his little tush off for me and luna at the time so you know i had to make sure that i saw her to make to know how my body was recovering I always recommend if you can afford to or if someone can help you out to be able to see a women's health physio and this is at any stage of your life but especially when you've had a baby it will just give you a gauge of where you're at and when I went to see my women's health physio there's lots of things that were going on um, but my pelvic floor is weaker than my abdominal muscles so I had to rebalance that so I was you know very good at going oh tense my abs yeah that's great and then she's like, yeah, but your pelvic floor's not functioning with that. So it's all connected, right? The pelvic floor, core, all up into breath and the diaphragm, all of that area is all so connected. And so she's like, you know, we're going to have to work on your breathing practice, strengthen your pelvic floor. Um, so, and then you've got tightness, so they, forewarning, there's a digit involved when you go to the women's health. <laughs> <visit>. My friend, <laughs> 
I did okay. not realize that there was this cheeky digit involved in the women's <laughs> like, you did not warn me. They do an internal exam. They do an internal, internal exam and it's so helpful because you know where tightness is internally. They can test for where the weakness is and where, you know, we're told to squeeze, but actually you want to be able to do a lift internally, not just squeeze at the entrance, you know, that you want to be able to lift. In. So she was like getting me to practice all of that. And, and even as somebody who knows, you know, some stuff about this element of things, there's, I've learned so much from her um, that I still have to nudge myself to practice because mm -hmm. some days I'm like, wow, I've not done my pelvic floor practice today. <laughs> so <laughs> as a coach, that stuff, you need a reminder and a nudge about. So I really recommend if you get to see someone, please do because it will help you so much coming back to exercise and just generally feeling like really strong and in, and in control of your own body because I think that's really important to feel that like this is my body and I know what's happening in it it gives you so much more confidence yeah so, and especially when it's been shot a bit when you become a mum you're like whoa what am I doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh God, there's so much going on so yeah I just had to slip that in there as women's health physio vibes Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned the pelvic floor. Oh, I did. Yes. Talk <laughs> <laughs> to us about that. That's well, whether you're pregnant or not, that's an important one. So ooh, go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are delving today, aren't we? This is great. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We're on it. I'm getting warm. In <laughs> 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 a bit. Um, so. I, I, you mentioned in your email that you'd had like pelvic girdle pain when you were pregnant and yeah. you have pelvic floor issues during your pregnancy or was it kind of after you, did you have any issues there or was it just the girdle pain that you had? It was just the girdle pain. And again, the doctor was just like, oh, well, it's kind of natural. The baby's a bit heavy, off you go. And I was like, okay. And a friend of mine actually had to wear this strange contraption that she had to a partner had to help her climb into yeah and it was kind of like buckled up around her bump and she had to wear this thing all day yeah that sounds horrendous yeah yeah I think my did my sister have to wear one of these I can't remember now I've had clients and and friends who've had to wear them that kind of pregnancy belt just lift some of the weight out of bump because yeah oh, it can be heavy yes <laughs> when, when you're growing when you're growing a baby and they're getting heavier they're sat right on that kind of belt of your pelvic floor so that band of muscle that's holding up all those beautiful organs down down there um <laughs> And the baby sat on that for nine months. So it, I think it's something like, I want to get the, the figure right here. This is when I'll say, chop this bit out because I got it wrong. Um, <laughs> something like it expands to three times its length while the baby sat on it, something like that. Ooh. So, and obviously again, I'll just say now is that you can have pelvic floor issues without having a baby. And I definitely had terrible pelvic floor because I lifted, heavy I sprinted I did all kinds of training and in all those years before I learned about any of this stuff there wasn't very much information about if you're going to lift heavy stuff ladies you need to know how to use your pelvic floor so that you're not hammering all of that weight and intra-abdominal pressure and all that pressure down of lifting what we're we lifting at 
um, street gym, 160 kilogram tires, flipping them. Like if you think about that pressure in, through your whole body to lift that tire and flip it over, I definitely created some of that dysfunction for myself <laughs> without the knowledge of how to breathe better and prep for that. Um, I just may, again, like don't think there's enough information necessarily out there for women to say pelvic floor stuff can happen before. Um, so I don't think I did myself any favors there, but I, during my pregnancy, I started doing some pelvic floor exercises. And again, that's linked to sort of really good breathing and being able to do long holds for some endurance on your pelvic floor and then short holds for those moments that you sneeze and it tries to catch you but mm -hmm. you're prepared you've done your fast twitch work of your breath <laughs> your breathing so um so obviously you deal with that it, that lengthening of the pelvic floor and it holds up you know those organs there your, your um uterus your bowels your into everything sat above it right so all of that's there and and if you if you don't then work on re-strengthening that, that you can come into sort of dysfunction issues later down the line. Um, or sooner, like people who suffer sort of prolapse and things where organs come through and down, it's very heavy and you get a sort of dragging feeling. It's really uncomfortable and horrible for women who suffer from that and the recovery becomes longer. So again, a women's health physio will be able to help you with that. Um, in terms of how to do the breath work properly, where you're struggling with strength and how long you can hold for. I think it's like 10 seconds they get you to test when you're at the women's health physio um, to be able to actually maintain that hold for 10 seconds, not just a squeeze, but a hold up. And then you have to do the fast ones as well. So it's kind of retraining your pelvic floor to be able to cope with that after you've had a baby, but obviously during pregnancy is important as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a really, I think it's a really multi-layered subject, right? There's so many different elements you could talk about with the pelvic floor, but you know, especially when you've had a baby is kind of being sure that it's a real focus of your training as well, that you can, whether you, whether you do it when you're feeding the baby or boiling the kettle or, or sitting in a bath, if you ever get to have those, um, <laughs> doing, I use my lift in our building is 10 seconds up and 10 seconds down. So when I come up in the lift, I do the breath, breathe out, lift, and then hold all the way up to the top of the lift and then go down again. That doesn't happen every day, but when I remember to do it, it's a quite <laughs> useful time. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, lie and say that I do these, you know, 10 times a day and that's, you know, I'm perfect at them. I'm not at all. Everyone needs a nudge, so mm. yeah. Oh, I think oh, I'm hoping I've covered stuff that was like helpful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so pelf, back to the pelvic pain again. Are there any mm -hmm. stretches or anything that you can do to kind of alleviate the pain at all? Any like sort of basic yoga moves or anything just to kind of help a little bit? It, when you sort of ask about sort of relieving or um, I guess it's it's different again for every single person um, in terms of levels of pain and it, the pain can occur in lots of different places around the pelvis um, and maybe it's important to say that if you some if some women get certain pains at the beginning earlier on in their pregnancy it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to end up with full-blown PGP and you can manage that through exercise and um, specific exercises um, so I'd say if 
firstly I'll just touch on like strengthening stuff and then sort of some stretching bits because you can help alleviate it with some sort of focus strength training as well so you want to you want to make sure that you're focusing on strengthening glutes and your core and your pelvic floor so that you can help to so structurally around your pelvis you want to try and keep your pelvis nice and like secure <laughs> so glutes and then core at the front you want to be able to make sure that that's strong so that you can kind of manage that shift in your pelvis as your baby grows um so I, I have a client I'm training at the moment and you know she'd had some mild um mild feelings of like pelvic girdle issues and she went to hear women's health health physio can't say it women's health physio and she gave her some specific things to do which is really helpful that connection women's health physio PT we can then talk to each other and you know I can modify stuff as she needs but we're working a lot on sort of activating her glutes properly functional stuff for her legs and glutes and then core work as well and that should help down the line to to alleviate some of that um, girdle pain and then in terms of stretches things like um child's pose so that your weight is off of your legs you're getting to kind of stretch out um some it, again it depends on the client but i used to, uh, had a client who um or the woman sorry client to be talking like a pt she's <laughs> like standing and crossing um crossing her one leg over one foot over her leg and and doing a bit of a glute stretch that way and that used to help really kind of alleviate that for her and then one of my favorites for <laughs> just generally stretching out through my back and hips is simply putting your arms on a work surface and then sinking below your shoulders, stick your bottom out behind you and kind of sink. It just takes so much pressure off of your lower back and into your pelvis. And, and it's just those, those kind of relaxing stretches are really nice, any stage of pregnancy. I mean, there's, there's plenty more and it's, there's probably like loads of other exercises, but they're just really nice chilled out ones just to take some of the weight off of bump and your hips. Yeah. Um, because it can be really painful. I was very lucky. I didn't have I didn't have any PGP, but I know plenty of people who've really suffered with like shooting pains and can be really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but again, it's like you know breath work and pelvic floor, not over tightening, being able to relax your pelvic floor as well and engage. All that stuff is really helpful. But pelvic floor definitely for trying to help control that pelvic girdle, pelvic girdle issues. So yeah, that's kind of in a roundabout way of sort of getting a few bits of advice in. <laughs> Okay. I think. I think. <laughs> I guess this thought is kind of like backtracking because you kind of touched on it as well. Yes, I know. This is <laughs> sorry because I took up all the time. Just like that, <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's fine. Um, but yeah, we kind of touched on this. Yeah. Um, before. I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but. <laughs> The whole kind of like snapback culture. I think I think we kind of we get the vibe of how you feel about it. Yeah. Um, but how do you think we can kind of change the narrative around it then? Because I guess in speaking to you now, like there's so much more that goes into kind of post-pregnancy recovery than just what you look like. Um, but I don't think the vast majority of people maybe think that way because of what is out there currently. Well, let's let's be like really blunt here, shall we, and say that yes. women, women are conditioned 
by society to think they have to look a certain way at all times and how dare your body change when you had a baby you should look just like you did before or after you have one how dare you not have six-pack abs straight away as well as everything else you have to do in your life <laughs> no thank you <laughs> <laughs> um it's so ingrained in us isn't it it's like the pressure on women is insane and mm -hmm. that's not something that's just like recent that's for like ever mm -hmm. <laughs> you know look perfect do this smile you know all of this kind of just intensity around what we have to be able to achieve not only about with our bodies but with our life as well as everything else and you know do it all and do it smiling <laughs> yeah um so I think the whole the whole thing around snapback culture runs deeper, doesn't it, into like how society treats women. But that's like a whole other subject. But mm -hmm. we're so used, to, <laughs> especially you know, all the recent news and stuff. I, I think we really have to take an opportunity to kind of fight back against that and just say, just no, this is not how this is not how we're going to do things now. Um, but it, mean, it doesn't mean that I don't understand why women want to get back to feeling better and stronger. Um, but a lot of it does focus, a lot of people do focus on, I want to get my pre-baby body back. And it, I uh, often kind of, it's one of these quotes that you see a lot on Instagram now, but I, I, do, I do really love it. Your body never went anywhere. <laughs> it didn't go anywhere it's still there and it grew a human it doesn't yeah. mean that i don't think it's great that you want to get back to feeling strong and healthy and like you know lose weight if you want to and need to lose weight there's nothing wrong with that but it's about how you go about doing that and the reasons why and whether you feel under pressure and all of the things that surround being a new mum and that that's physical and mental health that's yeah. a, you know, that's we can talk a lot about the physicality of it, but the mental health side of it is like the why, like don't, you don't need to rush. You can take your time. It's okay. Um, but there is a lot of, lot of pressure to, to be looking like some filtered image online. And we don't know, I don't want to come on here and like bash other women for saying or doing mm. certain things on the ground because I don't think that's helpful either um we'd never know what's going on in someone's life we see lots of these filtered images of like you know feeling great post baby da, 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 and people see that and just take that at face value right most we all do it I look at pictures and go oh god I don't look like I used to look and then mm. I have to wind it in and say yeah you you not only grew a baby birthed a baby but you've managed to go back to work you've we're still looking after that child. She doesn't just go away somewhere and hang out for 18 years. Like that. Like <laughs> yeah. Her and nurture her and play. And, do, and so, you know, sometimes that takes, sometimes me being able to do like a workout session sometimes has to kind of come down a rung to what we're we doing with Luna today. And then I'll make sure I have some time later on. Yeah. But I do, I just think there needs to be more knowledge, more information out there that's really useful for women to use to help with exercise and training and movement and health in a very holistic roundabout way roundabout all round way um so that everyone feels they can get something out of it um and help on their recovery journey not just you need to look like this by six weeks or to have that 
famous six-week checkup of yeah sure go back to running I've had literally a friend of mine recently and she had her baby I say recently she's nine months now but it feels recently had her six-week checkup and their, their advice to her and I do not joke was mm, yeah you can probably start running but I wouldn't do any strength training it's oh. dangerous oh I was like um <laughs> I would put that the other way and say I wouldn't go running it you know, yeah. you want to be doing some strength work that's suitable for you and, and personal and then build back in. So that knowledge from health professionals, your GPs, if you don't know where to get correct information from, let's be honest, you're going to listen to those people. Well, she's a GP. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, well, I can get back to running and I want to lose weight and I want to. And that's, you know, that's all got great intention to it. But if you're going straight back into running at six weeks postpartum, most likely your body's not ready to do it um and you're probably like dying to we're, you know we're all dying to kind of feel a bit more like ourselves and move and move well and be strong but it's so much more internally in terms of your actual body that needs to be strengthened there before you can do any of that stuff and so there's just that lack of knowledge given to women at things like six week checkup yeah sure start running do some heavy hardcore housework <laughs> <laughs> you know how hard it was for me to do hoovering for the first time after i had luna mm. like my, i was like whoa abs i did not realize i use i did not realize yeah. i used my abs to do the hoovering <laughs> like, so, much. <laughs> yeah. so i just think there's so much pressure teamed with lack of knowledge or too much noise online is it that needs to be reined in and hopefully in time if we can kind of Put more good information out there that can filter down but it's so ingrained it's probably not going to happen fast but if we can keep putting out good information and and really working with women through what is a life-changing thing that we just cannot like make that any like lower key can we it's life-changing yeah. and to, to be out to help women feel okay with that i think that's really important and and I don't, I don't like, I don't know whether you can tell, I don't like the snapback culture. I think it's a dangerous thing. Um, and I think we can do, we, the health service professionals can do way better for women when it comes to that. And I think yeah. also if you are an, an influencer at a level where you have an audience that is very dedicated to you, if you are not qualified to be giving out information when it comes to women's health, especially babies, having babies, do not put it on the gram. Yes. Do not do it because it's so dangerous and you are yeah. not qualified. And I just like, do you know what? I'm just gonna blooming well say it. Just don't do it. It's so bad. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be my message to people who are putting out information and they just really really shouldn't be so yeah and i'm not saying i still haven't got loads to learn when it comes to women's health because it's not just like oh here's my box of women's health i've learned that now great research changes information changes i want to do a course on like pelvic health specifically so i can serve women better with movement i'm not out here claiming to be somebody who knows it all it's just at least have those qualifications um and care for women because if it was on the flip side and men were having babies 
we know, <laughs> yeah. we know there would be a lot more support yeah. and help and information out there for them don't we Definitely. so you know that that's my kind of take on it I, I didn't want to be too like you know too ranty but I just it's, it's really important that we try and change that hearing you speak on it and then thinking back to the episode that we've done on periods and we've recently done an episode on menopause which isn't yes. out but will be out once cannot wait yes yeah, so important yeah, brilliant just speaking to um kelly and dr harm and yourself and obviously this the conversation is centered around women it blows my mind <laughs> how little a the research is on these things because yeah. um, she said something like um so she's a gp and um the training that they have on like the menopause it, it was one hour it, it was something like one hour was like it mm. just wasn't it yeah. wasn't the amount of time that you think it would be to you know really educate people and um give them the correct information make them feel empowered by yeah. by you know mm -hmm. teaching them and yeah. it's also the same with with this it's like it's just completely mind-blowing to think that you know pregnancy is such a life-changing thing and it, yeah. it, it does change your body and to think that it could just be like oh six weeks oh yeah you're all right just just go do it see you later hard like yeah crazy it's yeah. crazy yeah. Um, that's what wouldn't it just be great to see that kind of stuff joined up with like maybe you know I, I know earlier I was a bit you know about GP checkouts I'm no doubt that there are GPs who want to be able to do better for yeah. their patients right I'm not saying that everyone's there like I don't care but if they're only given a certain amount of training on this stuff and then they're stretched for time anyway I mean that doesn't make a great scenario does it so yeah. i'm sure there must be people out there who want to do better and maybe just don't have the time or resources to do so but it needs to be discussed more um and then hopefully in time it can be a more joined up thing and maybe mm. one day there'll be something offered on the health service that means that women can get way more support in their recovery yeah that, that would be like my kind of dream my like end goal it's like here we go, six weeks, we do a nice long check, talk about mental health, da, 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 all that side of it. And here's our local women's health physio. You get, mm -hmm. you know, your first checkup is free and then your next two are subsidised by 50%. Whatever it is, it needs to be better. Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. We need, I think you said it needs to be like a more kind of like joined up level of care because oh, yeah. literally from our teenage years, to our kind of advanced later years as women we go through so many changes 100%. and we need kind of help along the way because the journeys that we go on is whether you have children or not I mean yeah. we'll all have the menopause and you know we'll all get our periods pretty much right <laughs> yeah so there's so much that you know that's needed and there's so many gaps that need filling yeah so many gaps there's not enough polyfiller in the world is there really exactly <laughs> so many gaps are to fill in women's really? health and support for women in general yeah but, and, and then we come dismantling the patriarchy and that's a whole new podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> then comes everything else for women but it's so important i really think it just needs everything needs to be more joined up and more thought through 
and helpful because it's just mind-boggling when you, you just when you have a baby you're just like whoa there's so much to learn and take in and deal with and then when are you going back to work and when are you going to do this and what classes are you taking your baby to and you've got all this to kind of like juggle and yeah. and then but you should also have lost all the baby weight and also be lifting crazy weights like oh god it's just exhausting to even think yeah. about it and then you've got two hours sleep a night and you're like <laughs> exactly like I felt the pressure before I went back to work I was like oh, my jeans what if they don't fit like everybody's going to be like when I go back in they're going to be looking at me like oh, have I got what do we say that now buy some new ones yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, like stretch jeans I mean jeans, leggings I gave them to my best mate I was like here's my Levi's that ain't happening for a long time yeah. I'm gonna go and find some jeans that make me feel good because my hips have changed shape and I'm yeah. holding a bit more weight which is fine because I'm still breastfeeding at nearly two years old Luna's only two you know your body is still dealing with the hormones and yeah. everything that comes with it you know it's we just need to create more space and support for women it's just it needs to happen sooner rather than later um and I'm here for it I want to be part of that for my daughter because I That's want her right. to grow up with more support for her when she needs it and if she right. I'll be damned if she does not know about her period in detail by the time yeah. it happens exactly. listen we only learned about it like in detail the other day oh, I mean, yeah. I'm like, whoa that's crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're still and learning that's and that's women up until like I've been listening to the period um period power podcast and she's like yeah I speak to women who are in their menopause and they missed what was happening and they feel robbed of not knowing what their body's going through yeah I mean yeah I, it's i for me the sort of north star is Luna because if if I if the stuff that I know and can grow my knowledge on doesn't pave a path for her to walk along high five from <laughs> then I'm not, then I'm not doing my professional job and I'm not doing my job as a mother and yeah. that is like hugely important because she needs to be able to have better you know better services available to her when she's growing up and that's that's yeah. on us as well we need to be able to do that for our children absolutely. Our absolutely which is part of the reason why I wanted to kind of like cover some of these issues because I'm thinking when Namaya grows up I don't want her to be misinformed or kind of have yeah. like gaps in her information like I did because even at like my age I'm like what is that you know yeah. I want her to know what's going on and know about her body and everything so but how good is it that once you have a lot of that information how much more confident you feel in what you're what who you are yeah like, understanding what the body's going through and not being like shamed for having like you know yeah I'm a bit moody this week and that's because this is happening and yeah actually I'm really productive this week because this is where I'm at in my hormonal cycle and that's okay because enough of this whole energy's on a period rubbish uh, yeah <laughs> you want to feel like you own that space and we've been pushed out of that space in terms of yeah we don't learn much about it because we don't want you to be too knowledgeable about it because it makes you way more powerful or you then start to realize the ultimate power of women um and then you know then we're just trouble aren't we no. yeah <laughs> so, it's definitely i wish i'd known more and i and i'm very lucky to have a mum who 
wasn't afraid to talk to me about that kind of stuff and helped me learn how to use a tampon and all that, all that kind of stuff. I want to be able to build on that, you know, for Luna. And then also down the line, learn more about pre and postnatal stuff that I can then help to impart on other women as well. Because you have, you know, we learn, we hopefully empower someone else and we bring, you know, you help bring people along with you and you, you know, we build from there and we have to support each other because as we know there's, you know, there's layers of people out there who don't want to support women. So I kind of feel like, you know, we've, we've got a, we've got a chance to make some change with how things kind of work. Um, fingers crossed if we all kind of do our bit. Yeah. <laughs> New girlies opening up the conversations is so important. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great to see. I'm going to say something to Curtis, or maybe ask something to Curtis. Um, For anyone who may be going through pregnancy now or just had a baby, I know you've given advice on um, going to see a women's health physio, which is like amazing advice. Mm. Um, Is there anything else, kind of like key standout points that would be worth sharing for those kind of people? learn to respond to how your body's feeling as you go through your own unique pre and postnatal journey and use your intuition because if you're for example i use the exercise example if you are doing an exercise or you have to question whether you should be doing an exercise during your pregnancy or after and you think oh i should probably just ask someone about that you already know and we, we are not told enough to use our intuition, even when it comes to looking after our own babies. <laughs> we, you'll trust how your body's feeling, even if you're not somebody who has a vast amount of knowledge on what's happening. Know that if that doesn't feel quite right, is to trust that you know that it doesn't feel right and then to look further into it. And anything that you want to read up more on, arm yourself with as much knowledge as you can in that time. And whether that's, prenatal exercise going into the birth itself cannot rate hypnobirthing enough like that give yourself knowledge and confidence for your journey because as they say in hypnobirthing you're the boss you are the mum and you're growing that human you are the boss of your journey and that's you need to learn to trust yourself um, and not to be afraid to ask for help when you need it that's really important um, and I struggle with that sometimes. And that's something I've learned on the way is ask for help when you need it, but trust your intuition as a woman, as a mother. And yeah. you with that. So that would be my advice. <laughs> cool. Brilliant. Ah, thank so you thank you so much for having me on. This has been so lovely. No, it's well, been good. I feel like a live talking to you both. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a walk back for me as well. And I feel like a bit emotional as well. I've you know. been emotional talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, such, it's such a major thing isn't it we can yeah. so much to learn but it's so nice to like be able to sit and talk about this stuff and for you for you two to be like creating a platform where you can come on and open up these conversations is is really great so like congrats on the podcast it's, oh, it's thank you really, really honored to be a part of it so thanks for having me on so what did you think that was brilliant as usual. As usual. Do you know what? I, I really liked um, just hearing about her journey as mum. Mm-hmm. And then you thinking about your journey as mum. Yes. As well. And then also like 
because I've I've seen it and you know I've heard about it the whole thing of like you know people wanting to snap back as it were mm. like after childbirth like there's so much more to the process than just looking good yes do you know what I mean like yeah. you really have to work on yourself from the inside out and that that applies to so many things not only the physical also the mental as well mm-hmm. um so yeah that was really really interesting to hear um her thoughts on that Definitely. and also like <laughs> I don't know about you but I was thinking like ooh, visiting a um female health specialist or a pelvic floor doctor wouldn't that be like actually quite a good episode perhaps potentially to a as one of the tryouts um i don't know maybe why are you looking at me like (laughs) (laughs) because i mean digits digits are involved (laughs) well i mean see here's the thing right digits being involved Mm. i'm like okay cool whatever i basically guys I mean, TMI, but I don't think it is because we should all be talking about this stuff. Mm. But I've recently started using a moon cup and you've really got to basically touch yourself up. So, I mean, (laughs) I'm kind of like, yeah, let's go see this female health doctor, physio lady of the pelvic floor and see what's going on because I don't know what's going on. I mean, I've not had a a baby, Mm. but I don't think that you have to have a baby in order to go and see. No, I don't do you know think what I mean? so. I don't think so. Um, I think it's worth, it's worth knowing. And it's just education. Yeah, well, absolutely. Because, I mean, you don't have to have had a baby. Um, It just so happens that when you have a baby, you learn about all these things, but we should really know about our bodies already before. Yeah. I mean, not everybody wants to have a baby, but that doesn't mean that you don't take any interest in your pelvic floor or your core or what's going on inside your body. So yeah, I think it's a good idea. So when you go in? Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, TBC, TBC. Um, I have to do a little bit of research on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed speaking to Frankie. It's good to catch up with her. Mm. Um, so yeah. It was fantastic. Loved it. So tell us what you think. You know the social media handle, Relatively Fit Pod, at Relatively Fit Pod. Oh, (laughs) Lord. Choose whichever one you like because I can't At Relatively Fit Pod. Yeah. You know what it is. You're just being silly. I'm not just being silly. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Go speak to Dr. Hum about me, okay? Ah! (laughs) <laughs> you know how old I am. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Oh, all right mm. then. Yeah, be kind. I am. Be loving, be kind everyone, and we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. So stay connected and join the conversation. Bye. Bye. <laughs>